Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. This is where we study, learn, and abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. I'm so glad that you could join us for this Sunday service in the sharing of God's Word. And if there is one thing that I know for sure, that is, there is our way and there's God's way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship, of worship, uh, to study, learn, abide, uh, ingest your Word that gives us discernment, direction for the purpose and meaning of our lives to enable and help us to walk as you would have us to walk and do as you would have us to do to help comfort us in times of pain and distress and encouragement to know that all that we need, every last thing you've already provided and that you will never forsake us. And for God, for that, we thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. God, I pray that this word, using your servant, gets to your people, into their ears, minds, and hearts to help encourage and inspire them and lift them up so that they may see the glory and the goodness and the greatness within you. This we ask and pray in your precious son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, I want to talk about envy, uh, specifically envying the wicked. That is something that is quite um, rampant uh, in today's time. So not to sound like a negative Nelly, uh, but in being truthful, we, we live in a broken world. You know, one no, only need to, to look around to, to see, um, sometimes wake up to experience this world and and I wish I could say it's getting better. There are pockets, there are of, of there are areas where there's hope. There are good there are good people, uh, in 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 large, what seems to overshadow that at times is the negativity of is the behavior of people who are so self centered and so self focused that they're just trampling on others and, and, and leaving carnage in their way. The, the ills and challenges and adversity we face on a daily basis are hard enough to, to manage through on their own accord, right? Uh, so how then are we expected to uh, continue to have hope, faith, and conviction with such confusion, uh, high degrees of toxic behaviors, and seemingly endless trials. One way is, is to focus on the preventive. I'm a big fan of preventive. It takes far less effort to be preventive than it does to be reactive. There are going to be times where we're going to have to be reactive. So let us save up our resources for, for that and focus on preventive, proactive, and, and preventive. Steps we can take to protect our peace and fuel our hope for a better life uh, amongst both believers and 
unbelievers. We, we are there. We are in the midst of them. So today's passage is taken from the book of Psalms. The book is primarily comprised of scriptures aimed at worshiping God or his power, strength, grace, and mercy. The, the end goal being that all of God's creations, everything that he created, be on one accord and in, be on one accord in worshiping and praising him created for that purpose. So today's passage will be along these same lines. I'm going to take today's text from the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 73, verses 21 through 28. I'm going to read from the NIV. Psalm 73, 21 through 28, from the NIV, verse 21. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. So the topic title for today is Envy Engulfs Peace. Envy engulfs peace. There are, are, are those whom we see every day who appear to have it all. They've, they've got it made, right? Um, good health, wealth, power, everything. They, they want for nothing. They, are, they have no unmet needs, and they're fulfilling most of, if more than, or their wants which on his own isn't necessarily a bad thing. To worship that is, but to have things, the Bible doesn't say it's bad to have things. It's what they do to us. That's another message. Um, there, there's nothing, again, necessarily wrong with having material success. It, it, it's not hard uh, to be happy, for us to be happy, for, for those who are pleasant, caring, humble, and, and treat others with respect and kindness. I, I don't know about you, but I like to see, I love to see good people win. People who are kind-hearted, people who aren't trampling on and mistreating and looking down. Because those are the people that are going to help others, and they're going to spread God's love, because they know what, what, what centers them. They're going to spread cheer. They're, they're not going to have a blazing trail of ugliness um, behind them or beneath them as they as, uh, to ascend in this world, which has a ceiling at the top on it. So where the challenge then comes in is when we see others living carefree without any regard for their fellow man, taking advantage of any and every person they can, cold-hearted, and acting with malice, arrogance, being oppressive even, and even 
in violence. So what then? What, what do we do? Let's start with talking about what is envy. From a biblical translation and context, envy means to having, uh, have a grudging regard for the advantages seen to be enjoyed by others. It involves looking closely at and then looking with malicious intent. It stems from the Hebrew translation and meaning of burning. If you think of the color in, in someone's face resulting from deep emotion, it's, it's said that jealousy and envy can be interchanged, but jealousy makes us fear of losing what we already possess. Envy, on the other hand, creates sorrow uh, of, of, about what others have that we don't. There's a difference. Um, is a difference. You can clearly see from this definition that envy is poisonous to our human selves, to our spirit, the, the slow manner in which it methodically creeps into our field of vision, then becomes an area of focus, kind of lock in on that, followed by an intense and deep, almost obsessive fixation on and finally turning into a profoundly impacting all-consuming uh, looking turning into malicious intent i despise you for having that i want it and i don't want you to have it and i want bad things to happen to you because you have something that i don't that's a death spiral Death of our spirit, death of our death of our peace. That that is just not a healthy place to be. No good, no good comes from envying somebody else that has something that you want. I don't care how they're living. I don't care what they're doing and how they're walking or not walking with Christ. Envying them will not benefit you. Will not make it better. It will make it worse. And that's what we're we're gonna. Uh, talk about. I, I, I look at, you know, what else do you think, a uh, question for you, might be happening elsewhere in our lives while we're so distracted and, and preoccupied with envy? In other words, we've lost focus and we're locked and loaded. This over here is still happening and, and, and going on. I liken it to, to being on a highway, headed somewhere, and, and we, we get lost in and, and distracted by a car traveling in the opposite direction, so emotionally invested that we, we miss our exit. And in a best case, we, we become lost. Uh, worst case, uh, it can cause us to crash. Injuries, even fatal by being distracted, by losing focus, by paying attention to something we ought not be focused on, where there's something far more important that we should be focused on. So the same precautions we exercise to be safe when we're driving our cars, we should also take when driving our lives, uh, because lives are at stake. Ours, our families, our loved ones, our fellow men, our friends, people that are around us, whether we're in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat. So the spirit of envy, finally, does not come from God. 
That is a trick of the enemy. Know it, name it, and reject it. There's, there's no room and no place to play with that. Not even just a little bit. Not even just a little bit. So in 1 Corinthians, and I spoke on this in a prior message, chapter 13, verse 4, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 4, from the Amplified. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. So this verse then could be interpreted to mean love and envy cannot coexist in the same heart. But even if that's not the case, okay, you may want to argue against that. It does clearly point out that either you love someone or envy them, but you can't do both at the same time. I point this out because while it may be easier to let go of envy towards strangers, it may not be a small task for people we know and know well. Uh, truth be told, the temptation to be envious of friends and family, and yes, even loved ones, is far greater. Why? Because we know more about them. And, and as such, we're more tempted to judge how can they afford to do that? Or why did they buy that? Or who do they think they are? I, I, I knew them when they didn't have anything. And now look at them, trying to be somebody. Refuse to get caught up in what can only be described as vile thinking. Uh, trying to mind other people's business when you should be minding your own. Failure to do so means you win a prize. A foul mood, <laughs> attitude, needing an adjustment, infected with jealousy and unrest and stolen peace. Well, you were looking over here, focused and envious. Somebody came up and stole your peace. That's the way it happens. And... It's not a good place to be. But hey, if, if, if that's what floats your boat, paddle on. What? Oh, you assumed you had a, a motor? Uh, no. But as for me and my house? So why is it important to refrain from envy? Well, for starters, it can cause you to trip, slip, and even fall. Fall from grace off the path God intended for you to follow out of favor and even into danger. Distracted. It may appear to feel good <laughs> having malicious intent towards others, but please know that it is a trap. In, in Psalms 73, verse 2 and 3 out of the NIV, Psalm 73, verses 2 and 3 out of the NIV, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So these, these verses that preceded what I read spoke to seeing people who were wicked behaving, who were mocking and making fun of, but they had everything. They had a want for nothing, good health. They had, and, and, and so these, these verses here were, I almost slipped up 
because we're so focused on that. The Amplified expands on that verse, that verse 3, saying, adding the word foolish. Foolish to be envious. That's not a judgment, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a heed. It's, it's wanting to, it, it's a warning to say, envy is not good for you. It will sweep you away like a, a wave to a place you don't want to go. A place that is not good for your heart, your mind, your soul, or your spirit. Leave them in God's hands. You see somebody who is not living the life, living a life of treachery and debauchery. It's not your business to be envious of them or wish ill will on them. We can uh, show them through our living that we are followers of Christ. We can evangelize to them through our lives, not beating upside the head with the Bible, not running them down and judging them. No, no, no. Showing them that I still have peace and love in my heart. And I don't need those things to do it. And I'm happy for you. It's not of my concern at, at, at a bare minimum. Leave it in God's hands. In Psalm 73, verse 18 and 19 in the NIV, Psalm 73, verses 18 and 19, 18, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors? Why, why could that be? Because they built their faith, their belief, their substance, everything they stand for, on something that is temporal, sand on top of water. It's going to be washed away. It's not a solid foundation. It's not built upon the principles and the precepts of, of God. Of, of righteous living, of, of living and walking with Christ in the path that God would have us to. So it's built on a, on a facade. Pretty easy. Water comes and, and, and washes away. So don't fret over the wicked who appear to have no struggles. Give no thought to their seeming freedom from human boundaries that many others suffer from. Shrug off the behaviors of their evil imaginations and callous hearts. They may mock others, be filled with arrogance, and even oppress others. But that's not of your concern. Refuse to let it be the center of your attention or topic of your focus. Why? Because in time, God will deal with them. They will receive their just due. Now, I would hope that they would turn another leaf. Even if they, if they choose not to, we, we get to live with the consequences of our decisions, good, bad, or otherwise. For you, it is more critical to stay focused on living a life that pleases God. Righteous living is far more important than being right. It ain't right that they're doing that. It's focused on them. I need to live righteously. I need to live a life that, not perfect, no holes, but a life that is pleasing in God's sight, according to how he created me and what he designed me to do and predestined me to do and what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to focus on that, not on them. Refrain from the temptation to get caught up in envying what others have in comparison to you. Well, their, their car's a year newer. Their house has got one more bedroom or bathroom. 
their clothes are designer. Really? What may look like a trophy or a material advantage may be a weighty chain of bondage they wear around their necks. If they've built their life on these things, then they've got to keep it up. And that's not easy to do, especially when it's I'm doing it all on my own. This isn't something that is necessarily grace or favor. And then that can be a challenge. Again, their whole identity is built on external. That is a recipe for disaster. They could be suffocating under the pressure of the image that they have to maintain to continue to receive the adulation and envy of others and some strive for that. It's, it's really sad. I have compassion for them. Because that's that's a miserable place to be. The the that the the winding and, and dangerous road of envy leads to wanting to keep up with the Joneses. I moved out of that neighborhood a long time ago and I won't go back. I didn't know them. I didn't care for them. So why am I no? Why would I spend money I don't have to impress people that I don't know and may not even like? Heard me say that before. So keeping up with the Joneses or trying to maintain this facade that can lead to shortcuts, lowering of your values and values and principles and standard. I, I really need that. I'm so focused on that. I've got that image. I've got to do that. People are expecting me to. I'm living for. Hmm. And before long, you become the very person you despised. That is, to have sold your soul for uh, material or proud gain. So above all, don't be one of them. Don't be one of them. So what do we do instead, Pastor Nate? I'm glad you asked. Live in and seek peace and contentment. Envy isn't in that sentence, nor can it be. We should not expect to enjoy an uncluttered mind when we're tossing in bins of toxic garbage at every chance that we get. It may very well be that some have it so much easier in this life. They appear not to have a problem in the world, living any kind of way they choose, without even the slightest regard for others. It may appear that they have the Midas touch, Effortless, wherever whatever they do or want comes easy and in abundance, more than enough. Well, you're struggling. Even going so far then, those people, as to ridicule and mock those who are trying to live an upright life and make an honest living. You know, I ain't gonna, yeah, y'all, you. I've heard it so many times. You call them Jesus freaks, the, you religious zealots, you, I don't believe in all that hocus pocus. This ain't real. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fine, but I understand that you may not believe, but let me tell you that God does not need you to believe in him to exist. Does, does, that, does that sting when we see other people that have it 
yeah, of course it can. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I've felt that way. If we allow it to, it will sting until we get to the point where we don't. If we allow ourselves, we can burn ourselves up from the inside, being so resentful that we lose the real meaning of life and our soul along with it. In Psalm 72 and 26 from the NIV. Psalms 72, 26 from the NIV. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So know that in this world, this world is not our home. Uh, the, the, the life of you know, 70, 80, or even 90 years plus we spend at that time on this planet are but a blip on the radar screen in comparison to eternity. Again, focus. I will let you in on a little secret. You might want to sit down for this one. There's nothing gained from fearing death. Why is that? In this life, nobody gets out alive. Spoiler alert. So it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. When? It's up to God and only God. But we can live a life of honor that glorifies our maker and creator of all. We know that our bodies will one day fail, but God never will. Whenever we feel faint or weak, we can turn to God for unmatched strength, unparalleled, unprecedented. Whenever we have a need, we can be assured that God will meet all of our needs. Maybe other, in the future, I'll distinguish needs from wants. Be clear on that. God will meet all of our needs. Those needs are what he is going to provide us so that we can accomplish his purpose for our lives. Nothing can stand in the way of that but us. So whenever we feel down, we can rely on God to lift us up and carry us until we heal. And speaking of which, God can heal every wound, self-inflicted or not, straighten every crooked path, fill every void, and remove every obstacle that stands in the way of his plan for our life. That is a guarantee that you can take to the bank of Christ, where there are no overdraft fees. This is the trust fund of trust funds, available to us to support and sustain us for the asking. In Proverbs 14 and 30, NIV, Proverbs 14 and 30 from the NIV, a heart at peace gives life to the body but envy rots the bones. Ooh, hey, just uh, to visualize that. I, I, I possess in my mind and heart the ability to bring life, enhance life. God gave it, but here it says, a heart at peace gives life. Or literally, erode myself from the inside out. Rot the bones, a heart at peace 
is a tranquil heart, a loving, kind, compassionate, and giving heart. Being at peace enables us to see clearly, hear confidently, and act decisively. Knowing that our Father in heaven has gone before us and already cleared the path. Peace, as well as adversity, promotes keeping our hearts and minds stayed on him. We, we do not have time, nor can we afford, to throw precious minutes or hours of this life away on envying others. If we know in our faith that we have already won and are more than conquerors and can, by our response to that, inherit the kingdom, what on earth does anyone have that compares to that? Look, I get it. Some of you are tired, tired of fighting, put down by others, feeling just depleted. What I urge you to do is put down your worldly weapons. They do not serve you, but simply weigh you down. It, it, it can be disheartening to be struggling just to make ends meet, while by appearance your wicked neighbor is living large and, and, and carefree. I get it. That's none of your business. It's none of my business. That, that doesn't concern us. We rob ourselves of the very tools and support we need when we lower our vision, followed by our hearts, to the wicked ways of this world. The, the buffet being served up by the world may appear extravagant and tasty, but you better believe it's not free. There is a freedom to be had and experienced when we let go of our grip on how we think things ought to be. We break the chains of bondage when we focus on the many blessings that we do have in our lives, paying little mind to what others have. Yes, even if you are facing an impossible situation, being at peace is knowing that God will deliver you from this just as he has many times before. If you sit down and really think about it, you know he has brought you through many number of things that you didn't see away and you didn't see how it was possible. Yet, you're still here. We can lose sight of where we are headed when we get caught up in the affairs and direction of where others are going that don't concern us. Be in a place where you're glad and rejoice in all God has done for you. If that's, if, if, if that only, the only thing is that he has made a way for us to be saved, he has made it available for us to receive salvation. That in and of itself is worth all of the praise and gratefulness and thanksgiving we could ever offer. 
using our hearts and our minds and our temples to the service of and give glory to God, our ever-present help in all times. Well, that, that's what we call worship. God, I, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this word. I thank you for your sharing this word with me so that I can share it with your people. Not my words, but yours, God. Not my message, but yours. All I am is the vehicle and the vessel to deliver your word to your people. I am humbled that you saw to use me to get that message to them. I pray that that message landed in someone's heart to help soften it and reconfigure it. I hope that that landed inside someone's spirit where they may have peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. I hope that it landed in someone's mind to say, I'm just tired of focusing on things that don't matter. And I'm going to refocus my life on what does. God, I pray this message breaks the yoke of bondage that this earth has entrapped us in for your people to help them live a better, more fulfilling, more peaceful, tranquil life. And God, for those who don't know you, who want to know more about this gift, this life, this way of living, I, I pray that they make that introduction of themselves to you. That, that being open to accepting the gift from you so that they too may find favor and have your face shine upon them and, and be, 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 become to know what your plans are for their life and embrace and accept that. In that first important step, begins with praying a prayer and that prayer i want you all if you don't have a relationship if you want to know more if you're looking to re-establish take this first crucial step with me if you will and pray this prayer and it, it, it goes like this god i know i am a sinner and i cannot save myself I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son, Jesus, gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place, paying the price for my sin, and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. This we ask and pray in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you took the, the with sincerity from your heart, not an act of rote, just going through the motions. Oh, that's just repeating words. But if it was from your heart, it may have been audible, but it came from here and you really truly said i want a relationship with you that's what that is saying i want to i want to i want to 
start a relationship and have a relationship. Now it's up to you to build that. There's more work to be done in the growing in your faith and in that relationship. This is, hey, how are you handshake? And, 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 and so the work now is to immerse yourself in God's word, in his truths, in, in, in all that you can get your hands on, eyes on and minds on to help you to focus, to prepare you, to uh, empower you to be able to manage through this thing called earth school we're all in right now so that you may have a peaceful life in this life and eternal life. I encourage you to read and study and immerse yourself in God's word so that you can be prepared to face, conquer, and emerge victorious from the challenges of this life. That's the way to do it. I would ask one thing of you and one thing only, and that is please share this message with at least three people. That's it. Please share this message with at least three people. My aim and goal and motivation in that, to be clear, is to get God's word out to his people, his creations. That's it. That's it. If I had my choice, probably wouldn't be doing this, right? God called me to do it, and so I'm going to fulfill his calling in my life. There are easier ways to get through life. But I'm not going to say no to a calling and a request from God to fulfill his purpose for my life. And so all I'm asking you to do, I'm, I'm not asking you to do something that I wouldn't do. This is really what I'm trying to say. Three people, whether they are on your heart, whether they're random, whether you, there's somebody you think may be helped to get the message to them. Will you do that? Thank you in advance. Thank you for joining. We appreciate your love and support, and I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word, and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www. Dot gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.